0: ready to take a stand against bullying, to unite as a community to tackle it? Are you ready to have the conversation, to debate, and to listen? I'm the founder of anti-bullying group Robert's Wish. I'm a proud mum, fierce LGBTQ ally, and I have been bullied. I'm also the host of the podcast Seen and Heard with Lisa Hunter. I have opened an honest conversation about all aspects of bullying, what it is and ways to deal with it. Together with guests, I discuss different types, debate the ways to tackle and overcome them, and I listen to you. Whether you are being bullied, you have been bullied, or you're a parent who knows your child is being bullied, I'm here to talk to you. Bullying can happen to anyone, and it's not always easy to recognize if it's happening to you or someone you know. It's so much more than a few harsh words said to someone. It's time to take a stand. Let's start the conversation and make a difference together. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Seen and Heard with me, Lisa Hunter. This is the first episode in our new format and actually under our new name. Previously, we were known as Robert's Wish, the podcast. I can't wait to get started and to have some great debates and discussions with you around the topic of bullying. But before we get into the different topics, I thought this episode, it would be a good idea to talk about, you know, who we are, where we're from and indeed our mission. Seen and Heard is the podcast for Robert's Wish. Robert's Wish is an anti-bullying group based in the UK. And a little bit about our story and where we started is quite simple, actually. I founded Robert's Wish in 2015, following the passing of a childhood friend of mine. Robert lived in our native South Africa. He was an up-and-coming accountant with a brilliant career ahead of him. He was just a genuinely lovely person. He was kind, he was loving. And after 35 years of hiding his true self, he came out to his friends, his family, and in his community. Unfortunately, as a result of this, his friends and family actually turned their backs on him and ended up disowning him. These are the very people who were supposed to embrace him for being his true self, to be his support system, and indeed to love him no matter what. They were actually afraid of accepting him as his true self. Incredibly sad, but unfortunately very, very frequent in today's society. The isolation that ensued challenged his career, and his daily life was, was made you know, almost impossible very difficult with the bullying that took place, the taunting, the feeling so lonely and that isolation. In fact, he felt so alone and and felt he had nowhere to turn that at moments he was very desperate. That lack of accessible resource, the lack of support available to him and no community that he could turn to who would understand his struggle and offer him advice to help him feel less alone and less isolated was extremely detrimental to him. Even a Google search for him on resource in his local community, or indeed even in, you know, even in South Africa, turned up with nothing that was relevant to him. It was incredibly difficult to find anything that could help him, but he found some comfort eventually via YouTube. He discovered The Fosters, a U.S. drama series created by Peter Page and Bradley Bredwick. It started in the U.S. in 2013 and ran for five seasons. And The Fosters follows the lives of members of the Foster family, led by a lesbian couple, Steph, who was a police officer, and Lena, a school vice principal. They were raising, you know, one biological and four adopted teenagers, and it's based in San Diego, California. Now, the two actresses in lead roles were Terry Polo and Sherry Psalm, who had an incredible impact in the community from the Fosters in the way that they portrayed the family. In fact, the first season of The Fosters received huge reviews from critics and also garnered particular acclaim for its portrayal of LGTB themes as well as others. It also earned two Glad Media Awards and one Teen Choice Award in the US. The Fosters had extremely powerful, relevant and beautifully portrayed messages that portrayed families in all shapes and sizes. It looked at foster kids, it looked at biological children, it looked at bullying, it looked at LGTB themes, it looked at a whole host of current challenges that you know every teen faces in today's society but one of the biggest things that came through from the fosters is is the tagline DNA doesn't make a family love does and this really resonated with Robert he was able to find some comfort some understanding and in some way he found some support Robert began to regain his confidence he regained some of his belief in himself he began to feel a little less alone and you could hear it in his voice when we spoke. You could hear it in the messages that he sent through on WhatsApp. He was coming back from that dark place that, that he went when he was you know, rejected by his friends and family. However, this was short-lived. And due to the lack of this more sustained support, understanding, he started to feel more and more alone again. That desperation crept back in. And after a specific incident, Robert actually um, took his own life to end the pain and to end that, that feeling of being so alone. Sadly, Robert's story is not unique. And it's far too frequent, even in today's society. There are many Roberts out there. And one of his last wishes was to provide some sort of a platform to get that necessary resource to people who are feeling alone, that need that extra help and support, to ensure that no one feels like they're all alone and that there's no one out there to support them. And so that's where we began the journey of of what Robert's wish could look like, essentially. I was living in Chicago at the time. I was trying to find a way to fulfill Robert's request. I was watching the Fosters and also actively following the conversations on the social media sites, particularly on Twitter. I started to comment occasionally with positive comments, uh, some statements, some positive um, material. Slowly, I had people reaching out to me to tell me about their situations, their challenges, what they were going through. The more I interacted with them, the more I could see a common theme of them wanting to be seen and and heard. They wanted someone to acknowledge their struggle with bullying, to acknowledge the struggle with coming out, and, and indeed any other life struggles that they were going through. It was clear to me that they really wanted a listening ear and someone to reach out to. You know, not being a trained counselor, I actually reached out and started researching in the U.S. what resource was available, and very quickly found you know quite a few fantastic organizations, namely. It gets better and the Trevor Project. Both these organizations, along with others, do amazing jobs on a daily basis and provide that professional support, that professional resource that people so so desperately seek. These organizations do an incredible job every day to provide that resource. And more and more people were reaching out to me, not just those people who were in the US. I was looking, you know, working with people in UK, South Africa, Chile, Australia. Indonesia, there were you know a lot of LGBTQ plus groups in these countries that would reach out. They would share you know relevant material, usually via YouTube, that they were watching to help them feel less alone. They would you know want to discuss it. They would want to to talk about how it made them feel, and this this content you know usually was something to do with a, a show of some sort, a story that was taking place. And it varied from, you know, Venice the series, which is a US-based web series that has been, you know, going for for many years and has been incredibly impactful amongst a community in the US. And in fact, it has its own, what they call Venice Nation. So a very strong following of both LGBTQ plus members, but also members from all other walks of life as well. And we also had, you know, couples... People from Chilean soap opera, which had a, a same-sex couple, which was affectionately known as Barsades, you know, wanting to talk about the storyline and the characters, and really, you know, the good storyline, the bad storyline, and slowly but surely, people were starting to talk. and And the more discussion that was taking place, the more they were they were finding a community and people who had you know common challenges in their lives, and they could talk and, and share these these challenges with each other. You know, most recently, there was the Spanish soap opera in Spain called "Acacias," 38, which again had a same-sex couple and a storyline that was quite powerful and and very impactful amongst the community, commonly and and affectionately known as Martino. People were talking about this, and and they've actually formed both Barcades and Martino, Venice series. They've got a community. By discussing the challenges that they had, they actually found that they had a common ground. They've got this community, they've got the people that understand the challenges that they were, you know, experiencing. And this is the commonality that's coming out of everything, is that having this, this platform, being heard, you know, being able to express how they felt and what they were thinking is incredibly impactful. It's sharing experiences. You know, many of these people opened up to me about bullying experiences and, and quite severe bullying experiences for, for them just being themselves. For for them, just trying to be their authentic self every day, they experienced some pretty horrific bullying, and reaching out, talking to me about those bullying experiences, and not just not just youth. You know, I had parents as well who were reaching out, also looking for that common platform that they could find resource, find that common ground with others who who could actually help them. Now, there there are organisations out there that are parent groups that that do offer those communities, but. Many people don't know they're out there, so it's about really connecting people to that resource. And this is what Robert Swish started off doing in the early days. Some of the impact that Robert Swish had across the the different communities is you know, helping to support a couple's daughter who was trying to navigate her way through some confusion about her sexuality. It, it was about not only hearing what, what she was what she was going through, but really listening. Just being that person who could listen, and that she wasn't alone. You're supporting that person in her struggle, but also then helping the parents, helping the parents find a way to help the daughter, connecting them with some, you know, fantastic resource, but also talking to them, providing a platform, and connecting them with other parents who were who going through a similar experience, and really getting them to talk about what's working, what's not, and helping them to feel a little less, you know, alone in the struggle. Also, what Robert's Wish did was just by providing positive reinforcement at a time when an individual really needed it. By saying to someone, you are perfect just the way you are. Live your authentic self. Live your authentic self. You know, you are different from everyone else and that's what makes you incredible. Stay that way. Giving them positive reinforcement to say, you know what? You are great just the way you are. You are wonderful just the way you are. So don't listen to what other people say. Because by being your authentic self, that's the way to live. You know, other ways that Robert's Wish had an impact is is by helping people who were in a very dark and lonely place and, and who were feeling that their future looked bleak. Being there to list, just listen. You don't have to have a solution. You just listen. And you tell that person that you believe in them, that you sympathize with them, and that they're, they're not alone in this difficult situation that they're in. Showing them that you believe in them showing them that you believe in, in them being able to to turn things around, giving them that positive reinforcement can be incredibly impactful and can in some ways you know prevent more situations like Robert's occurring. So there's a lot of different things we could be doing and a lot of a lot of impact that Robert was Robert's wish was having from the start. And as we've moved from from the US and, and now you know I'm based here in the UK, our mission and our purpose has evolved. And it's evolved in different ways. So what is the mission of Robert Swish? What is our purpose today? And it's, it's really about community. And, and that's the root of where we started was being a community. And it's about making sure people don't feel alone. Robert Swish, we, we listen, we discuss and we debate. We have open debates. We're built on a foundation of being kind. Kindness is a key pillar of the Robert Swish foundation. And it, it runs throughout everything we do. Being kind doesn't cost a thing. It's free. You can be kind by smiling at someone and make an incredible impact on their day. You can say some kind words to somebody who was really in a bad place and you can make an incredible difference to them just by being kind. And it's free. So we really are about being kind, about positive reinforcement, about smiling and showing those people that need it that they are not alone. Having respect is another foundation of Robert's Wish. Being respectful. Being mindful of the words that you use. Being mindful of the way that you talk to people. Being respectful. You might not agree with something someone has said, but be respectful. Respectfully disagree. Respectfully disagree and just, you know, agree to disagree, in fact. And another foundation is really that community. Being there for each other. Making sure that we can learn from each other's experiences and that we can, we can make sure that no one feels isolated. Robert's Wish is, is a community driven organization. We are safe. We're confidential. Anything that is shared with us is kept confidential. And importantly, we're non-judgmental. We're a platform of discussion, debate and support to all those who, who need it. All those who have or are experiencing bullying or their lives have been touched in some way by bullying. We cover topics from youth bullying to bullying in the workplace to LGBT bullying and, and the impact it's having on mental health and other aspects in, in life in general. So having bullying impact your mental health is inevitable. But how do we how do we protect our mental health? How do we make sure that the, the impact on our mental health is is limited? And that's, that's something that we, we will talk to experts about, the mental health aspect. But protecting your mental health is vital. Our purpose, as Robert's wish, is simple. We are a community built on the principles, as I've said, of kindness, respect, and really providing that listening ear to those who need it. We are a striving leader in having that conversation about bullying and really ensuring that the resources are available to those who need it. Bringing the resource to you. In the UK alone, there is an incredible amount of resource. There's an, there are loads of organizations that do fantastic jobs every day and provide that support to people. It's about bringing that resource to people. It's about making it clear that that resource exists. The US as well, incredible amount of resource that's out there. But again, it's about how do we make sure people know it's there? That's what we're about. We, we want to make sure that it's, it's, it's available, that people are feeling heard, that they're feeling seen in what they're experiencing. We talk to all people from all walks of life, from those who have been bullied or are being bullied, to topic experts who work with this day in and day out, mental health experts. We talk to parents as well. What is, what is the impact on parents? How How is it impacting them? How have, can we help them essentially help their children deal with the, the impact of bullying? You know, we talk about all sorts of, you know, different aspects, different experiences, and we recommend the best source of resource for that. Now, I often get asked, what is bullying? B- bullying, there's different types of bullying, really. There's the physical, there's the verbal, there's the social bullying. And these are all relevant and really they happen on a, on a daily basis all over. You know, bullying is something that can hurt you on the inside, it can hurt you on the outside. When it hurts on oh. the inside, it's about verbal abuse, name-calling, skitting or, or hurting your feelings. When it happens on the outside, it's about, you know, being hit, being, being physically hurt. Bullying is something that is done on purpose. There's intention behind it. It's not an accident. If someone hurts you during a, a game by accident, that's not bullying. If they continually hurt you during that game, that is bullying. Or your feelings are hurt, that would be bullying as well. Now, it can be aimed to hurt a group of people or just one person. And similarly, it can be done by a group of people or just one person. Bullying usually happens more than once. The bully or the bullies do it over and over and over again, and they can take away your self-esteem, your self-confidence. Almost everyone will be affected by bullying during their lifetime. This can be as a child or a young person, or it can be as an adult at work or even an elderly person in a community. I myself have been bullied. I was bullied quite badly at school. I was bullied because I sounded different from the other girls in my in my year. This had an incredible impact on me. And if it weren't for a school teacher who took me under a wing and provided me that that place to, to hide, essentially, that place to, to feel safe. She provided me, you know, that listening ear. I could talk to her about the bullying and how it was impacting me. And she essentially, you know, is is one of the reasons that I've lived the life I have. Because if it weren't for her, I don't think I would be in the position that I'm in today. She made that impact. She was the person who was the listening ear. She made me feel heard. She made me feel listened to. And she made that difference in my life. You know, there was no resource at that time for for the bullying. And my bullying was both verbal and physical. And it's part of, you know, what fuels the passion to get that discussion and that conversation on the table about bullying. Obviously, bullying has evolved in a lot since I was young, but that is something that I'm passionate about. I've also been bullied in the workplace. I think one of my bosses told me that they needed to rewire my brain because I didn't think in the same way that they wanted me to. Well, sorry, you know, I'm in the US, I'm South African. I do think differently. That doesn't mean I need to be rewired. Surely that's a strength. Surely that's something that makes me stand out from others. You know, I was bullied in the workplace for simply for being foreign. And that does take place quite often in organizations today. So having those experiences, I feel, would help in having those conversations about bullying. The conversations are relevant to today's society, there are quite a few different types of bullying, and and we'll discuss each of these in, in different episodes. But you know, there's bullying at school. We talk about people's experiences, how they coped, what they've done to help themselves. We talk about what it is that was done to help them. Who did they turn to? We talk about cyberbullying, which is huge. Cyberbullying is one of the the worst types of bullying, the most commonly reported types of bullying. What were the experiences? Obviously, with cyberbullying, you can't really you know escape. It's everywhere. It's when you open a device. It's when you go on your social media. It's it's text messages coming through. It's relentless. How do you cope with it? You know, other than turning off all your devices, what are the coping mechanisms for cyberbullying? LGBTQ plus bullying. Again, we talk about people's experiences, how they coped, what it was like coming out, the reaction from others, and what resource they turned to to help them in their experience. Bullying in the workplace. We speak to people who've been bullied in the workplace. You know, what was their experience? What did they do? Obviously, in a workplace, you've got HR and you've got managers. These people are key. You also, most organizations have policies. Policies are good. It's good to have an anti-bullying policy, but it's not enough. You know, that anti-bullying culture needs to come from within. It is a culture in itself within the organization. And it's, it's demonstrated by behavior. The behavior of the leaders within that organization and the expected behaviors of any of those who work in their teams. It's about culture and it's about a behavior in the organization. So what what experiences in in that? Bullied by friends. When does banter become bullying behavior? What are the signs to look out for? When does it cross that line of, of not just being banter? Parents, you know, is your child being bullied? What are the signs that you look out for? Is there a community that you can reach out to for support? You know, what have you done so far? You know, we want to talk to school principals. Are you a school principal? How do your teachers deal with those who have been bullied in school? What are the policies? What are the guidelines? And also, bullies themselves. How do you deal with the bullies? Because there are two people on each side. There is the, the people that are being bullied, but there's also the bully themselves. What is making that person be a bully? What is going on with them? There must be something that that is triggering that bullying. That needs to be addressed. Were they bullied themselves? Are they bullied at home? That makes them feel that they need to bully at school. What is going on with that bully? There needs to be both sides addressed. So, you know, with these different forms of bullying, obviously the question is, is there a way to stop the bullying? If there is, I would love to hear about it. Is there anything that you can say, any experiences that did actually stop the bullying. I firmly believe that there is not one solution for bullying. It's really based on on different experiences. There's no cookie cutter to to stopping bullying. What can help stop bullying is different experiences and, and coping mechanisms, and really working with organisations to, to to embed those within in individuals on how best to cope with it. But if there is a solution to bullying. I would love to, to understand that and debate that within the podcast. When we talk about bullying, we also talk about what are the signs. What are the signs of bullying? What do we need to look out for, both as an individual but also as a parent? What behaviors do we need to look out for when it comes to the bullying? As we move through the episodes, I really want to talk to people who've been bullied. I want to talk to those who are being bullied, who have been bullied, either as a guest on the podcast or or through sharing their experiences via our social media or or our website, I want to talk about your experiences and what you did. I want to speak to professionals, anti-bullying associations, therapists who have some expert views, mental health specialists, really want to talk to these individuals about their experiences, what they propose, how different coping mechanisms help them. Very important for us to share the experiences and also to talk up to parents you know, what's the experiences again, you know, either through um, being a guest on the podcast or, or by is simply sharing your experience. It's very important to us that we, we have that because as one of the key things of, and I've mentioned this before is about the experience is about sharing the experience with, with, that you've gone through and how you've coped and how you've come through it perhaps, because there could be someone listening who finds your story very relevant to them and how you coped and and the different experiences that you had could help that person so by you sharing your experience in if whichever format you you'd like whichever format you feel comfortable can actually help others and that's where we start to build this community of of sharing experiences and making sure that you know our experiences can help others that others don't feel so alone and this is what we our mission is in robert's wish is to make sure that that sharing that community does help others we as robert's wish you know we want to be here to make sure you feel Heard you feel seen. We want to make sure you've got the resources that you need that you don't feel alone and that you have the support. We will direct you in the, in the direction of professional services that will help you. We will listen to you. While we're not counselors, we will listen to you. We will point you in that relevant direction as a community. You know, we're stronger as a community than we are as an individual. So, so that's it for this week. And I will speak to you in our next episode. So thank you very much and all take care. Right, and that's enough from me for this week. So I'm going to leave you with just saying, let's do this. Let's bring the conversation about bullying to the table. I look forward to our next episodes. Till then, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Seen and Heard with Lisa Hunter. I do hope that our discussion has helped you in some way. If you like what you heard, please share it on your social media accounts. And if you haven't already, subscribe and review it. If you have any questions, comments, any topic ideas, or you'd like to be a guest, please reach out to me directly at robertswish.org or through our social media accounts, Twitter and Instagram, at robertswishapp. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Take care.